What's going on, guys? It's Monday Madness. I'm your host, Anthony, and you're listening to the Culture Jacked Podcast. All right, so we're wrapping up the Memorial Day weekend. I hope you had an incredible weekend. Maybe you got out and barbecued, spent some time with family, or maybe you went out four-wheeling or what have you. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I did. I got a uh, bunch of stuff done in my yard, which has been kind of an ongoing project. I felt like a farmer for part of the weekend as I was digging out post holes and taking apart fences and so much more. I still have a lot of summer projects. And uh, I will say because of the COVID situation, it's really ignited that fuel so I can uh, focus on some of those things that I just kind of let slip. Today, we're not going to be diving into COVID-19 or any of that business, but again, I hope you guys had an incredible weekend, and uh, let's dive into today's show. So today, I'm going to be diving into docu-series. Are they trending? What's going on with them? And then we're going to talk about a couple of uh, the shows themselves, but before I do, let's take a listen to Dustin's question from the Friday show. Anthony, <laughs> I'm sorry for that episode, man. That was it was too crazy. Outside, uh, Anthony, of the subscriptions that I've mentioned already that I have, what was one subscription service that you regret paying for? And what was one subscription service that you're really happy that you have and continue to subscribe to? Um, and also besides, you know, AOL, have there been any subscriptions that you've forgotten about and paid for longer than you intended to any, like that you've forgotten to cancel and how much longer did it go on for? Was it renewed, you know, two or three years before you finally got around to canceling the service? All right. So that was Dustin's question from the Friday show. And as always, make sure check out the Friday show, check out the Monday Madness with me, and uh, don't forget to subscribe or follow. We are available on pretty much every podcasting platform out there. So Dustin's question was a subscription service. Was there one I paid for that I didn't utilize um, that kind of drudged on for too long? And then is there one that I like and, and all of those Items, you know, I've talked about this a couple of times. Even Dustin had mentioned that. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a couple of services that I paid for probably too long. I'm not huge into subscription services as a whole. Um, there's no real reason why I am or 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 am not. But one of the services I recently canceled that I paid for probably way too long was uh, Directv. Now the the price for Directv, if you're buying it through AT&T can the prices can vary so I've gone back and forth with those folks several times they reduced the price for a couple of months and I'm like I'm feeling pretty good about it and then it goes right back up to 50 bucks 70 bucks a month whatever it was and finally I just said screw it we're done and here's the reason why so I've been with DirecTV I think for three years maybe maybe longer but I believe it's right around three years they put the dish in and at first we used it a lot but then a lot of these other subscription services got big, you know, with Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus came out, 
and and many more. And we have subscriptions to Hulu, Disney Plus, Netflix. And with with going to those subscription services, it kind of uh, nullified the the reasoning or or kind of killed the reasoning for DirecTV. So I stopped paying it, unhooked the boxes. I still have to take out the satellite out of my backyard and unhook everything. But that would be one because we just weren't using it at all. You know, another one that came to mind as I was listening to Dustin's podcast and he posed this question um, through the weekend was uh, many, many years ago, I uh, purchased uh, Harley-Davidson V-Rod, which is a, a motorcycle Super excited. It was my dream motorcycle. And with that, you get a subscription to what's called HOG or Harley Owners Group, which gives you benefits uh, varying. You can get discounts on shipping. You get to go on community rides with them. You can do you you can do a lot of things, but it's really community based within the Harley Owners Group. And so I got that again with the motorcycle. I think it was like a one year one year subscription and then I extended it well over the the course of the one year I got super excited about it and never did and they do like 30 events or some never did any of the events however I did participate in a lot of the local Harley Davidson stuff nothing to do with the subscription so a year went by I ended up renewing with excitement for the following year saying hey I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna do this now I got out and rode a lot on my motorcycle I went and did a lot of things on my motorcycle I didn't participate once in any of the benefits or gatherings from the Harley owners groups. And it was kind of dumb on my part. It has nothing to do with the subscription service or, or what uh, it provided as a service. It was me. Um, so that one was one where it was like, what am I doing now? Let's shift gears and talk about a couple that I, uh, I, I do like and I, I utilize often. Now, the big one for me that, of course, came to mind was uh, the Adobe Creative Cloud membership. I've been with them for four years, three years, three three to four years. And essentially what that is, it's a suite of programs that you purchase. It's all cloud-based now, I believe. And that was another thing Dustin mentioned was uh, services that were are, are like monthly versus buying the program now in in my opinion depending on what the type of services like harley's owner group it's a flat service you get to participate in these things you get shipping for free that's what the subscription offers you now when you come to software or programs or or items like that i i am a huge believer in the subscription service and and here's why Adobe is a perfect example of that because I I generally use four to six programs on there every week. And the cool part about the subscription services is it automatically updates. So anything that new comes out, if there's a software glitch, you, you it gets corrected in most cases. Um, but if there's new technology that they're putting behind it, new features, you just get automatically rolled into it as opposed to the old way of buy the software, and then ver- the next version, you get kind of screwed out of. You got to either rebuy it or purchase some kind of update. So in that light, I, I do like the subscription service as a whole. And again, in Adobe, I use a lot. Right now, I'm using Adobe Audition to record this podcast. I use Photoshop. I use uh, Premiere, which is their video editing software, their media encoders, their After Effects, which is a uh, visual effects generator. So I utilize that very, very often. 
another service I haven't really talked about this much. Um, in fact, I've got some videos for my YouTube channel that I was going to launch pre-COVID. So pre-COVID, um, I was already working on a bunch of uh, cuts, and and I've talked about this several times, and kind of tuning up my financial perspective. And as a personal thing, I was like, you know, I, I, I'm not big on the uh, whole, again, the whole subscription service. So I tried, because there's discounts and promos, a uh, subscription cur uh, service called Watch Gang. Now, I can't say enough about how cool and and innovative and, and uh, just how well that system works other than just saying if you're into watches and i talked about this in the customize me episode to where it's like they've got these niche these niche services that i think are incredible and in this case i've always been a fan of watches um i'm i uh was kind of delayed on purchasing them uh just because it's not a regular thing i purchase there's not any good watch stores in in my area but i've always been a fan i've got a couple of watches and they're not rolexes or anything fancy um but but i've been a fan my whole life and so i signed up for that service got my uh they, they have what's called the black membership and i purchased that at a big discount and did the little wheel spin and they've got all these different features anyways I, i've been with them for a couple of months i did uh delay let's see i delayed next month because i'm in determination do i want to continue because i've got quite a few watches because now it's what three months and then i purchased some extra points to do what's called a wheel spin and got others so i don't know um i don't have any other subscription service in fact that's the first one that i've done outside of like an entertainment or a utility like uh some of the stuff that dustin had mentioned i do enjoy it though because it's a nice little surprise that i get monthly outside of that um probably one of the biggest ones that i have is like audible um which which i love so it's the audiobook company owned by amazon and they have some incredible titles. I love listening to books. In fact, I need to get back into that when I was uh, driving or, or flying or even sometimes when I work out. I find that listening to the books, um, especially in those given th those situations, uh, is a great thing. And there's a lot of really good content there as well. That's my answer. I'm sticking to it. Let's uh, dive into the show. So actually, before I dive into the show... <clears throat> Let me uh, talk a little bit about the whole shit doesn't matter, but it does segment of the show. Um, so it's Memorial Day here and a, a thing came up. I had I had a couple of other uh, items I wanted to talk about in today's show in this little mini segment that I have going on. But because it's Memorial Day and because I was on the good old Facebook last night, someone comment or someone posted a thing and i'm not going to say who it was but it, it got me thinking and this this uh i actually have a episode based loosely around this concept or or what was or i guess the motivator behind this and so yesterday was sunday the day before memorial day obviously a lot of people are celebrating memorial day weekend and this individual elected to post uh you know, happy Memorial Day had one of those photos of what looked to be some kind of like a C-130 with caskets and the American flags on them. And their their contribution, I guess, to that post is um, and it said, you know, never forget uh, happy Memorial Day or, or what have you. And uh, their comment was, 
youngsters today don't understand. And you can take that any which way you cut it. I know the, I, I know the person, um, and I'm not taking it negatively or, or, or what have you. And I it just got my mind thinking like, wait a second, this person's perspective they believe and to, to each their own on this one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go left or right or, or what have you. But when, when you think about that comment, e- even for a half a second, youngsters today don't understand. They don't understand what, what in the hell are you talking about? They don't understand what that their uncle, their uncle passed away, their brother, the cousin, their neighbor during a war. They don't, they don't understand loss. They, they they can't uh, they 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 can't memorialize someone that was lost in a war. I mean, like I didn't get that, I, and maybe I still don't. Maybe it's just a pointy comment of of the the previous wars. But this person isn't that old. That's what that's what the the part I think that maybe uh, bothers me about it. It's like you're not eighty years old. You didn't you, you did you lose a lot of friends in in Vietnam when you were there? I just didn't get it. Um, and I, and I don't care for that, those kinds of comments personally. Uh, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it bothers me or affects me, but as I thought about it yesterday, I'm like, Hey, this is a good thing to talk about on Memorial day, uh, on the podcast. And again, I'm not saying the guy's in the wrong or in the right, but, but I sit there and I'm like, there's plenty, you know, between the, the, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan situations and many, many others that people have and will continue to lose friends, family, um, during any war. So to, to commemorate or, or to, to give them praise and and thank you in in any which way you do. And and I'm not a huge proponent of saying memorials, Memorial day is the day that, that maybe I or my, or my family stops everything and, and is grateful for those that serve. I would say for me, um, growing up with uh, a lot of family that did serve in the military for a long time, um, that I'm grateful for for everything they did year round. It's not a Memorial Day, and, and I'm grateful for for those that um, put their lives on the line and, and lost their lives, and, and for those families that had to go through that. So, I thought it was an interesting comment. Maybe it doesn't matter. The, the comment doesn't matter as a whole, but I, but I thought it was an interesting perspective because often you'll see that shit on social media where somebody will throw something out there like that. And it's like, well, actually, dude, you don't know what that means to anyone else either. So why put that out there? Um, I, again, I have an episode kind of loosely based on social media and people's projections and perceptions, and, and that'll come at a later date. Today, we're talking docu-series, so let's get this thing started here on Monday madness all right so docu series have really really elevated kind of the reality TV and the lines have been blurred especially over the last couple of years but docu series essentially are a documentary that has several episodes now the reason I wanted to bring this up is I've been a sucker for many docu-series and it seems as though there is more and more and more coming out and and rightfully so because they have been extremely popular Um, we're going to talk about a couple of those series and uh, talk a little bit about what 
my thoughts are on docu-series. You know, first and foremost, we have one of the biggest documentary series. Well, let's actually, we'll talk about two really big documentary series, 2020. First, freaking Tiger King. Now, we've da- we, Dustin and I have danced around this and, and what have you, but Tiger King is undeniably the probably the biggest docu-series of all time. Now, did COVID-19 um, and the hunker down notices uh play into the reason behind it i i strongly believe so it's that thing you see this goofy ass uh image for entrance into the 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 netflix uh docuseries where you had this guy hanging on a tiger looking kind of crazy which was joe exotic and did that play a part into its popularity i i strongly believe so but docuseries as a whole are interesting and we'll talk about tiger king in detail here in a moment and in a couple of others but because docuseries are based on reality tvs the majority of them have clips um clips and real information but the interesting thing about it is if you watch some of the new ones as opposed to the old it seems as though at least in my opinion they're getting better and better and better at explaining or telling the story from several angles to where um in some cases not all but in some cases it seems as though they're trying to give a whole perspective or a holistic perspective of the story that they're telling now it's because it's tv you're going to get dramatizations and you're going to get goofy shit because that's just how it works they want to excite you they want to uh leave you with strong points so you watch the next episode or or really fucked up uh perspectives so it'll lead you to the next and to the next and to the next because at the end of the day these are tv uh, providers or or uh, show providers and they want views and they want to drive that stuff so when you get to see things like Tiger King with Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin it puts you into the seat of like what in the hell are we watching but it's like a it's like a uh, train wreck that you just can't look away from and we didn't we as we as a society and uh, Netflix subscribers we ate it in fact that show got so big that several, several big name celebrities dressed up and did their little memes and their little, their uh, kind of jokes about them. And it was funny and it still is funny to me. In fact, uh, they're looking at making a, like a TV series that's a scripted show about it as well, or loosely based on it. I'm not sure how far they're going to go with it, where, where there's been recommendations that Nicolas Cage will assume the part of Joe Exotic and and so forth and so on. Had to get a drink of coffee. It's in the morning here. Um, But more or less, the story was told. And many others have been told in the docuseries light. Now, the Tiger King, because of COVID-19, because of so many things, it definitely highlighted um, Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, both crazy-ass sides. And it walks you through their stories with not only each one of those characters, because in this sense, both characters were alive. Main characters were alive. A lot of these sub characters or, or the cast that supported the story are alive. And in a lot of these docuseries, especially when, when they're more historical 
or event driven from years past, you don't get the context or their version of the story. Now, regardless of that, Tiger King was a perfect example because of the extreme story, the extreme uh, perspectives of every which side and the just the sheer craziness of the events and the things that had happened right wrong or indifferent you were drawn to it joe exotics this crazy character that uh did some bad shit um that supported a lot of bad shit and the guys uh, for all intents and purposes seem like a just kind of a goofy character but as the docuseries dove in you're like wow this dude's got some shit going on man and he's harming animals killing animals i mean and i'm not going to go in go in too deep on that um pretty crazy carol baskin the situation with her husband and and all of this it's like it's just craziness but to be able to watch it um the way that netflix put it together was consistent with the goods the bads goods the bads now one could argue that hey they're trying to highlight hey they're it's a fucking show just just enjoy the show and take it for what it is stop trying to think too far into it you got every which angle you want you choose what you believe is right or wrong did carol baskin kill her husband i think so but what i think doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things she's she's uh free and walking around or doing whatever it is um should joe exotic be freed or pardoned probably not i'm gonna say probably not i don't know a hundred percent on all the shit that, that guy was into i'm gonna say probably not but docuseries, again, are a, are a very, very interesting thing because of that. I think the, the reality TV or the realness of the stories that are now being told and the way that they're depicted, the way that they're sewn together, it's not as it was when I was a kid, like watching some kind of uh, unsolved mystery show or something where you got a guy in a suit sitting there, and tonight on the show, we're watching Joe Exotic. And Carol Boskin. And then you go into this like shitty acting and they had all that stuff documented. That's what's also great about these because media is so big right now. There's so much real supporting evidence. It doesn't require actors to reenact. And that way the story isn't fully uh, manipulated. Now, I'm not saying the agendas and, and the shows themselves aren't manipulated during these docuseries because in some cases I believe they clearly are. But when you get to watch in, in Tiger King's, um, in the example of the Tiger King, when you can watch an actual video of Joe Exotic or you can watch a video of Carol Baskins, it's hard to dispute the character that's displayed on a regular there because it's them. It's the re- it's real. Um, and, and I can talk and I probably will talk about the Tiger King as a whole in one of these episodes just because there's so much crazy shit that happened in that show. But we're talking about docu-series and how they're trending and it's growing. Now, another one that I recently watched um, that to me was super, super cool. I was super excited to see that they did this. And that was uh, The Last Dance, which is the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls kind of run. And it was available on ESPN. I think it's like a six part or eight part or ten part series. It's an hour each episode. And it goes through pretty much the bulk of the Chicago Bulls and and Michael Jordan's career and there was some backlash and and Jordan came out and I and I saw a lot of this as it was coming out and then I, I finally watched it and what an incredible what an incredible 
docu-series. And, and again, because it, it highlights the highs and the lows. The, uh, the guy himself, Michael Jordan, gets to talk on the shit that he did. In fact, they were handing him uh, I, uh, tablets saying, hey, what did you think about this? Hey, do you remember this guy? And you saw his perspective from back then on the video, and then you get to see his perspective now, and, and it's incredible. And all the supporting people. So you had Dennis Rodman, you had Scottie Pippen, you had Phil Jackson, you had all of these people that played real real parts in the championships, in the drivers, and got to talk about Michael Jordan as a person and about the game and um, and all the other players, Magic Johnson, you, you know, you had Carl Malone, John Stockton, and, and the list goes on and on, creating this incredible docu-series or incredible reality TV without it being kind of this slapstick bullshit where everybody's locked in a house where this happened. We saw this. You, If you have watched any sports uh, in the late 80s into the late 90s, you know who Michael Jordan is. And more than likely, you've seen a game or more of him or the Chicago Bulls knowing what their capabilities were, at least to, the, to, to whatever um, – to whatever degree you watch them and, and how incredible it was. And then, of course, in that show, you also got to see a lot of characters. And that, to me, was the most interesting thing about The Last Dance was growing up, I as a kid, I was a pretty big basketball fan. As an adult, not so much. But um, growing up, knowing who the Michael Jordan name and, and, and all of that, you only had, I only had a very limited view of how big, Michael Jordan was, how big Scottie Pippen was, and how big Phil Jackson and Dennis Rodman and Steve Kerr and all these guys were in the world. It was only my limited view of who they were and the, and the few people that I remember having very brief conversations with. And as this unfolds, just to understand, A, these people as they are, and they talk about the fame and they talk about uh, the impact and they talk about how big they really were, it was very, very eye-opening. Um, in a very well and nicely executed docu-series. And it wasn't just glamour and, and telling one side of the story. There were several stories told within the story, allowing you as the viewer to interpret it the way that you want to. And that's the thing with pretty much all of these docu-series, um, in my opinion, because they are based on facts. But there can be agendas thrown into those depending on how it's edited, depending on the story that's being told. In the case of the last dance with Michael Jordan, it really uh, brought, brought it all into perspective to me personally, for me personally. I'm like, God damn, man, this this was an incredible thing to to witness as a kid. I didn't I didn't realize that. Um, I also didn't know as much as I do now about all of the supporting characters and, and supporting people and organization and, and everything. So if you're into sports, um, you don't have to be huge into basketball. But if you're into sports, uh, I highly recommend checking out The Last Dance. It's available on ESPN, another incredible docu-series. And to see, it's truly amazing to see um, the self-discipline that Jordan had. Yeah, he was kind of a dick. He admits it. A lot of other players did. Um, but the drive, the sheer drive that that guy has is is just it, ridiculous. It, it really is. It's just an incredible thing. Um, and to to kind of walk through it, it was a long, a very long uh, series. But 
I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Tried to catch an episode a night, um, spanned over a couple of weeks there. So, all right, let's keep let, let's keep moving. I'm going to kind of talk about a couple of other a couple of other items on the docu series list here that I've watched. Um, so another big one was the Aaron Hernandez um, docu series again on Netflix. So if you're not familiar, Aaron Hernandez was a New England Patriot uh, who ultimately got accused of and then and then was found guilty on several murder cases he did play in a super bowl it's a very highlighted kind of murder story and talks about his background and talks about some of his uh, mental illness in the end and, and unfortunately the gentleman took his life after taking several others through through the years uh that seems to be for a minute there it seemed like the bulk of these docu-series as opposed to highlighting the great stuff they like to highlight or or find <coughs> excuse me they like to find uh these like fucking epic crazy stories um which draws people in especially the higher the the, the bigger the, the 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 bigger the name the bigger the offense or the bigger the the uh story then obviously the, the the more appealing it is to the mass public but th- that's also a good story um the aaron hernandez one but they had a couple of very odd agendas in that one um to where they kept pushing his he i guess aaron hernandez had some homosexual um encounters and engagements early on and they kept pushing it down it pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back and when i say pushing it back i mean pushing it back into the show when it's like okay we covered this in this whole like this whole episode is dedicated to this why are we going back and back and back i get it um kind of weird the bulk of that one was a good story um another one that really kind of i thought was crazy if you want to see some crazy shit especially about some crazy people watch making a murder uh, with Stephen Avery. Now there's two seasons to that, and goddamn, that shit is crazy. Again, real, real evidence, real information. Attorneys are in it, witnesses are in it. The uh, Stephen Avery's in it. All the supporting people are in it. They're telling their story. You, you the second season, shit, you're walking through the, all of the court hearings, the preparation. There, that is one crazy ass story, though. Um, super crazy. You're on the fence. Like, did this guy do that? Did he not do that? This shit's real. And like, you can Google it to, to figure it out. But what a crazy story. Now I'm going to hit on a couple of other ones that I enjoy. And I hope to see more of in the docuseries kind of world. And that was uh, Kevin Hart, uh, released one. Don't fuck this. I think it was called don't fuck this up. Um, that was a really cool one where he, even he himself was dealing with, um, some controversy over shit he said a long time ago, and it, and it shows it live on there. And, and I appreciate the realness of that show because Kevin Hart right now is one of the biggest comedians in the world, and you often only see him in Jumanji. You see him on this commercial. You see him, and that's your perspective. Like he's a, uh, like he is a, like a not a real character. And that's the thing with these docu series with people is I f- I feel like it brings a realness to them. Um, a relatable, in some cases, relatable, or in some cases, there's there's things about these people. They're like, shit, I didn't realize this, this, and this. And, you know, with watching this, Kevin Hart's, uh, again, that was one I enjoyed where it goes through his career. He's making decisions, talks about a lot of different things. So check that out. Um, a couple of ones that are 
some of my favorites of all time. This one isn't a docu-series, but it's a documentary style, and that was The Urban Outlaw with Magnus Walker. If you guys haven't seen that, it's available, or I, I, I believe it's still free on YouTube, and it, it's a more on the positive light. That's just generally where I like to sit, um, but the, it's about Magnus Walker, a guy that came over from from uh, England and, and uh, made a big difference. He's a he he's a huge name in Porsche, a huge name in the clothing world, and much more. Very enjoyable story told by himself. And uh, check that out again. It's Urban Outlaw, Jim Connor. So so I've been a big Jim Connor fan for many years. So Jim Connor is a. Uh, show that Ken Block, uh, Scotto, and the Hoonigan crew put together. It's essentially a once a year, several vehicle kind of just crazy ass mashup. So just think of a badass truck or a badass car doing drifting and all of this. They mash them all together and you get like, you know, six to 10 parts. And it's just crazy. But what was super cool, Jim Connor 10 was on the books a year ago, two years ago. Super excited to see that. But what I was even more excited about was Amazon worked with the Hoonigans and Ken Block, and they did a full docu-series on how they build the Gymkhana 10. And it was, for a car guy, it was absolutely incredible. Well, I would say, actually, let me let me take that back. If you're a car guy, it's it's great. If you're into film and you want to understand how people do stunts, how they shoot them, what does that look like and in that perspective, and you like Ken Block and you like Hoonigans, watch that show. It is just absolutely incredible to see all the work that these guys have to do to get this one shot, two shots, three shots. What makes it a wrap? What goes into production? What goes into everything? It's just an incredible thing. And again, that's on Amazon Prime. It's a Jim Connor 10 um, I think it was just called Jim Connor 10, the making of or something of that nature. Now, while mentioning some of these, there's there's plenty more that we can discuss. <clears throat> and I'm sure we will discuss. Uh, but one of the one of the things that kind of brought uh, an idea forward with these docuseries was you guys remember Morgan Spurlock? He did the Super Size Me video. He had a show on TV. Um, and, and that's what this kind of reminded me of because Morgan, in, in my opinion, does a great job. And yes, in some cases, he he has his agendas. But the cool thing that I respected about Morgan Spurlock, and especially with his TV show, was like this dude, when he was doing his, his show, he would go into situations and it would be like, hey, can you make rent? You're going to have 100 bucks in your pocket or whatever it was. And then you got two months and you and your girlfriend have to survive. So you guys got to go find jobs and you got to go do this stuff and you're in the middle of nowhere. You're in a poverty-ridden area. And, he, and then he did it. And I guess the thing I respect about Morgan Spurlock uh, with his shows is the realness of it, the grittiness. That's No, we are doing this. This isn't bullshit. And I feel like maybe because of the success of a lot of Morgan Spurlock shows and, and films that maybe it contributed to the realness and reality of these docuseries. Now, I could clearly be wrong, but check out some of Morgan Spurlock's older TV shows to where I felt like that was like a, a docuseries just going through different trials and tribulations of people, of situations and much more. As I wrap this up, shit, this is a long episode. Um, it leads me to my question, and then I got a little bit of news, and we'll uh, kind of 
kind of move on from there. Dusty, my question for you is, are you a fan of docu-series? Question mark. And outside of the Tiger King, because I know that's your clear choice, especially because Nicolas Cage is tied to it, your hero, in which if you guys don't know, uh, maybe you should. If you're familiar with an actor called Danny Trejo, who has been in a bunch of movies, but is most notably as Machete, he has the Senorita tattooed on his chest. Dustin is gearing up to get Nicky Cage on his, just like Danny Trejo. Maybe from the movie Desperado you saw him. Or many of Robert Rodriguez's films. So what is what would what is a docuseries that you do like and what would be a docuseries that you would like to see? Now one that one one that is coming out here relatively soon that I'm excited to see is the Epstein breakdown on Netflix. So they finally got that and I, I'm super excited to see the story and kind of everything sewn together so you get the full side instead of just what's blaring on the TV for that section of that time. So I, I, I'm excited to see what they come up with and in which direction they go in there. So again, Dustin, do you care for docuseries? And even if you don't, I still want to know what docuseries do you want to see if you could make one up, and what's your favorite docu-series that's out there already? Let's uh, keep moving. So I'm going to wrap that up on the docu-series. Again, I thoroughly enjoy them. I hope you guys do, too. They're all over the place. Um, This was just me covering a couple of the recent ones I've watched. I've seen some incredible ones on just everything from art to uh, uh, engineering to historical figures to historical situations and much more. And I believe the docu-series are going to continue to grow and elevate television, um, replacing a lot of the kind of the bullshit storytelling styles. Now, obviously, historical stuff, you can't just go up to someone and say, hey, were you around in 1850? Let's do this. I still appreciate the acting portion of that um, based on facts with good actors and so much more tied in to that. All right. So a couple of things I wanted to cover as far as news, just to see kind of what you guys, what your thoughts are, and you're about to get mine. And then we'll wrap this episode up here on your Monday Madness Memorial Day edition. All right. So in the news, one big, very, very big thing is Joe Rogan, the Joe Joe Rogan, or also known as Joe Rogan Experience. Um, I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan. Have been for long before he was ever a podcaster. Uh, watching him on news radio, and then Fear Factor, and then um, the UFC, and, and obviously I've listened to his podcast since damn near it started. Um, he has and is kind of the 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 goat in the podcast world now being number one i think he averages 150 million downloads or listens a month which is ridiculous um any he has a very 
interesting group of people that he pulls from, which constantly, in my opinion, um, for a while there after, you know, I, I would say shortly after he had started, not well, not shortly, I'd say a, a year or two in where he, he would have these like brain surgeons, this, this sleep doctor and all back to back. It kind of was offsetting me because I'm like, I don't want to <clears throat> I don't give a shit about this. And but as he grew his, his uh, relationships and as his podcast grew, man, he has sometimes I get on there after not listening to a podcast for a week. And this dude, like, fuck, I was just listening to Tony Hawk. And I'm like, damn, dude, there's there's Tony Hawk. What did he, a couple people before the Elon, Elon Musk again? And, you know, Robert Downey Jr. It's just incredible. So we all know that we, we know Joe is is the man in the podcast world. And as an entertainer is, too, I enjoy his comedy and much more. To get to the news part, Joe Rogan signs a $100 million agreement with Spotify. And the deal goes pretty straightforward to where he has until the end of the year to transfer all of his goods over, all of his uh, marketable assets based on the Joe Rogan experience um, over to Spotify, which includes his YouTube and his iTunes. Um, and then starting 2021, he will be exclusive on Spotify. Now, the, the term of the contract outside of the $100 million, I, I haven't seen. There's speculation on whether it's a three-year or two-year. Um, but the interesting part is the some of the comparisons I've seen is he's making roughly between Apple and, and uh, YouTube right around $30, $35 million a year based on ad revenue and, and, and all of those things in his current situation. Um, so what benefits that has to him? I'm not sure. I mean, $100 million payday is incredible. Talking about the payday, though, another part of this that's in the news is Spotify's back end on how much they made. And Joe Rogan's a fucking idiot. And this he's not an idiot. Let me let me be clear on this. He made $100 million off of his creative endeavor. That's incredible. The reason they're saying he's an idiot is because. Uh, Spotify's stock jumped something like 30 bucks, 35 bucks. Actually, I, wa- I was watching it and it resulted in billions. I think they got like a five billion, billion, seven billion or some crazy billions of dollars of revenue right after that announcement. Now, that doesn't have a direct correlation, at least in my mind, with the agreement that was made with Joe Rogan. Yeah, that was a result of that. But shit, the, the, the opposite could have happened, too, to where people are like, fuck that, fuck Spotify. And then they dive because everybody moves away. I mean, that's the chance that they took. I don't believe that the agreement between Joe and and what happened directly has anything to go. But that's what's happened on Joe Rogan. I, I think it's cool. I think it's, uh, it's an inspiring situation to see a podcaster elevate to such high numbers and come up with such an agreement. Joe's... You know, my hat's off to him um, and everybody that he has working with him and, and for him and all the guests. So super awesome. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think about that agreement. Drop a comment down below. Dustin, let me know what your thoughts are on that Joe Rogan um, agreement. Now, a couple of other things I wanted to, to discuss is Zack Snyder in the Justice League cut. Now, that's finally coming. I, uh, my understanding is it, it's coming to fruition. So if you're unfamiliar with this, Zack Snyder was the director of Justice League. I I thought Justice League was 
a steaming pile of shit, but that's my opinion. Um, Dustin, I know, loved it. In fact, he said it was better than any Marvel movie, including Endgame, which I thought was ridiculous, but that's, uh, that's, that's Dustin's thought. Anyways, Zack Snyder and, and the fanboys had been mentioning poking probing and then it went into went into full out kind of an assault this last fall on essentially Zach saying hey the movie got ruined because editors and the production company and it just kind of drudged on and on and on because the backlash that came from because the movie didn't do very well well he's finally going to get what he wants um, after he had shared photos and um parts of the story that we never saw or heard of and it looks like hbo soon to be hbo max which i'm going to talk about in a moment has somehow bought the rights to allow Zack snyder to produce his cut now I, I i'm excited for this super excited because i thought the first movie was fucking horrible and I want to see, because Zack Snyder has taken a punishment over the years um, with uh, some of the movies he's done. So let's see what it let, let's see what he comes up with, um, with without all of these excuses. Um, what do you guys think about that? Again, Zack Snyder Justice League cut that's coming HBO Max. There's not a release date for it, but I know that he is uh, working it or or doing what have you. That was announced the other day. Talking about HBO Max. Now, HBO has been one of the top flagship uh, network providers for for entertainment or or television providers for entertainment for a long time. They just came off of one of the biggest television shows of ever, which was Game of Thrones. They've had so many. I've mentioned them. I think Dustin has as well. Incredible. So years past, they had HBO Go and, and we're all you should be familiar with it's the accompanying app to hbo you buy hbo you get hbo go there's also hbo now those are streaming services um some are accompaniments to the uh cable provider some are independent so you can buy just one or the other now they have what's called hbo max coming out and i'm still a little confused on what this is so may 27th it comes out at a 14.99 um Agreement. I think you can go to it goes down to eleven ninety nine if you do a, a year contract. But I want to read you this uh, because I didn't know what the difference was, and I still am a little bit on the fence. So, what is the difference between HBO Max, which is their new service, HBO Now, and HBO Go? The biggest difference is what you can stream. HBO Max is a standalone streaming platform where you can stream all of HBO along with new Max originals and iconic series and blockbuster movies from Warner Media's characters and brands. HBO Now and HBO Go are your options for streaming HBO, including every season, every episode of your favorite HBO original series, hit movies, award-winning specials, and more. Still a little confused on what they're doing. <clears throat> Excited to see them kind of jump in, I or at least I'm hoping, that they're jumping into that bigger arena, that Netflix or Amazon style arena, because a lot of their content, I appreciate not all of it. Of course, there's, there's a lot of sh- stuff that I don't care for, but HBO has done a lot of great comedy specials. HBO's had good docuseries. HBO's had great original content. So we'll see what happens. Regardless, I feel like the competition 
uh, with Amazon and with Netflix is always good. Um, talking about Netflix, I'm not going to go into the names, but Netflix over the next couple of weeks has some fire dropping. So make sure and check your little Netflix. Uh, you click the Netflix app and look look at uh, what's coming soon. And there is some cool ass shows and movies that I'm super excited to see because the lackluster in new releases uh, due to the COVID and much more. All right, guys, this was probably the longest, longest podcast I've, I've done alone. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's Monday. It's Memorial Day. Enjoy yourself. Don't get crazy. Don't do anything wild. Well, fuck it. You can if you want to. Thank you guys again for tuning in. I'm Anthony. This is the Monday Madness episode. And don't forget, Dustin's got the Friday show on lockdown. So you'll get an episode on Friday as well. Only if you hit that follow or subscribe button. Again, we're available on all podcasting platforms, at least the, all, all of the major ones. So it doesn't matter what the device you're listening to. We appreciate you guys listening. Please share our content. And uh, let's uh, wrap it up there, guys. Thanks for tuning in.